0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Larry Kay, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, September 24th, 2020. Uh, Today we're reading from the Big Book, and we are currently on page seven in Bill's story. We're on the fourth paragraph. We're going to read that one paragraph only. It begins They Do Not Need. Today's readers, we have Randy G on the 12 Steps. We brought back Yvette L to do the 12 Traditions, and would you believe that our readers of the text are Benita L, Irene B, and Katie G. Um, We have our newcomer greeter for the second hour is Rick J., and then the host for the second hour is Matt, I always want to say Matt F., Matt J. F., I think I got that right, Matt. Uh, The share ID for Wednesday, September 23rd, the 7 a.m. meeting, that's 15,418-15418. The 10 a.m. meeting, 15,420-15420. The pre-ramble, let me ramble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome Everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively, there are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization. We're not affiliated with a political movement or ideology or religious doctrine. We take in fact, we take no position on, on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So now, let me ask uh, Randy G. Uh, Randy, would you read the 12 steps for us this morning?
1: Hi, good morning. Here are our 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Happy to do service.
0: Thanks so much, Randy. Let me now ask uh, Yvette L. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, Yvette.
2: Good morning, Larry. This is Yvette L., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New Britain, Connecticut. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, less problems with money, property, and prestige that us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contribution,
0: Thank you Yvette, much appreciated. Okay, here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask of course that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we're discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year for readers it's six months and there's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read and we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us if you'd like to share press star one to unmute once you're done sharing let us know by saying hey i'm done sharing then press star one to mute your phone In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we're back in Bill's story in the big book. We are on page seven, uh, the fourth paragraph. It begins, they do not need. We're just going to read the one paragraph only. And I will now ask Vanita L. to begin reading. Buenos dias, Vanita.
3: Venita, press star one, if you would.
4: Okay, take two. Venita <laughs> L., the compulsive overeater in Georgia. They did not need to tell me. I knew and almost welcomed the idea. It was a devastating blow to my pride. I, who had thought so well of myself and my abilities, Of my capacity to surmount obstacles was cornered at last. Now I was to plunge into the dark, joining that endless procession of thoughts who had gone on before. I thought of my poor wife. There had been much happiness after all. What I would not give to make amends. But that was over now. So we know Bill's, you know, in the hospital here for the second time. And, you know, things are obviously getting pretty dire for him. And um, it obviously reminds me of my long career with addictions and, um, you know, not surrendering, throwing in the towel to one addiction when I was 33 and then not throwing in the towel till I was 50 for food and then actually um trying again when I was about fifty two to go out and to do it on my own, and then winding up back here actually six years ago in october um coming into o a and it actually wasn't until about a i was at God abstinent, but it wasn't really until vision for you a year ago that i really um I really felt like i my understanding of the program deepened. So, you know, I actually think a lot of times the alcoholics have it better because they seem to have, like he says, um, his health fell off like a ski jump. You know, I love what we say here is that people are more committing suicide on the layaway plan, you know, and, um, you know, because my consequences, they weren't as, severe as Bill's, right? I almost wound up in hospitals in in the past, not actually for weight issues, but for um, mental obsessions and problems that were going on with me. But anyway, I'm so grateful I didn't have to get as bad as Bill, and I hope um, a lot of us don't have to get as bad as Bill before we surrender our egos and um, we decide to live
0: the way God Wants us to live.
4: Thank you. Thank you for getting us
0: started, Vanita. Okay, Vanita read from page seven, the fourth paragraph. And uh, although we value your experience, um, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might test the waters here. So, uh, who wants to test the waters this morning? Lisa. Lisa Cheryl, was it? Cheryl. Linda D. Carol, Linda. We got Lisa, Carol, Linda. Tina
3: S. I- Tina, I- Irene. I- Irene. Anybody else? Pauline T. Uh,
5: Martha O.
0: Pauline and Martha.
5: Phil so, M. Yeah.
0: And then Phil, that's Phil to the rest of you guys, but it's Phil to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Let's go with that. Let's go with uh, Lisa, followed by Carol, and then Linda, Tina, Irene, Pauline, Martha, and Phil. Lisa, good morning. Oh, Lisa, good morning to you. Press the star one. Oh, here I am, Larry.
6: Thank you there so much. you are. Good morning. Yep. <laughs> Good morning. Thank you. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And I was looking at this this morning, and the line that jumped out for me um, the endless procession of sots who had gone on before. And I was so afraid when I came in here that I would never get recovered. Um, I kept thinking that I would always have the reason Well, I could start again Monday. And, you know, we talk about the progressiveness of the illness and it is chronic it's progressive and it is fatal, but it's often a slow process, that fatality. And I was actually more terrified of more of the same. Um, In a way I kind of prayed for a more serious progression because I was still able to function in life. You know, I was still working and, My husband hadn't thrown me out, although I was definitely very sick and selfish. But, you know, I knew that inside of me there was either an 80-pound anorexic or a 500-pound overeater, and I just was stuck in this place of limbo. I had no freedom with food, no neutrality with food, and I knew that everywhere I went, I went, you know, and that was the problem. And I just didn't know how to break free of this, and I was so afraid that if it got hard enough and I started this work, that I could always say, oh, I'll just start again Monday. And that's why when I jumped into this wonderful meeting, A Vision for You, this wonderful OA meeting, and I started hearing recovered voices and that I needed to take this as seriously as an alcoholic or a drug addict and that I could get off on whatever floor I'm on. I don't have to keep thinking. I don't have to wait to I'm at, you know, where maybe where Bill was here and that I can have permanent recovery. And I started learning that in studying the big book and that this is a way of life that really works. And I saw that you people were people that were going somewhere and I wanted what you had. And I decided that once I'm recovered, I, I don't want to, with God's grace, lose that seriousness You know, and that's that sense of urgency that I have today, that when I get a little disturbance, I don't say, oh, that's too small to do an inventory on. Or if I have a critical thought of someone, you know, I just push it aside. I really need to work this intensely, all of the steps, you know, especially 10, 11, and 12. And then when I'm working with my food and doing my food, I don't say, oh, I'll just have an extra spoonful here. It's no big deal. Or, oh, I'll skip that meal. You know, I take it that same level of seriousness as I did when I came in because I am so afraid of that procession of thoughts because I saw that I could live to be a hundred years old and never get recovered and still be just going through life. But now I know being dead inside, you know, I wanted that light turned on inside of me through these 12 steps to learn what it is to be useful and free so with that i pass
0: thanks for, thanks so much lisa okay next up is carol followed by linda good morning carol it's actually thanks. cheryl oh, S-H- oh S-H- good S-H- morning cheryl good morning larry <laughs>
7: this is cheryl a recovered uh, compulsive overeater in brookline massachusetts and um this paragraph begins to be as, as hard as it is to read, it's, it's a relief because he's about to take step one. And tomorrow when we get into the next paragraph after he is, you will have taken step one when he talks about how my capacity to surmount obstacles was cornered at last. That's like the essence of step one. That's the feeling that I know that I, uh, I recognize. Um, the, the, um, it was a devastating blow to my pride that ego that's got to just get squashed in me, that I think I have the answers on any area of my life. It's, it's, this paragraph and the one that comes after scares me, but the one that comes even after that scares me more. Why? Because as much humiliation and pain and illness and devastation I mean, he's literally thinking, I thought of my poor wife, meaning he is facing down death in a way that he, nev- he has internalized differently than ever before. Or he's going to join that endless procession of thoughts, except in the two paragraphs that they are going to come afterward, he's going to do it again. He's going to do it again. And that is the absolute insidious nature of this disease which is that I will break myself in half over and over again. I will hit the bottom of bottoms and I will do it again. I will do it again. I will pick it up. I will pick up something. So today, anywhere that my shame lives, I have to put a big old flashlight on it. Because while it may not be picking up food, it is picking up strands of the disease that will lead me straight back to that. And when I, I have to think of the um, devastating blow to his pride, the absolute loneliness and despair and absolute facing down death, and then he'll do it again. Well, the important thing is that I know that I will do it again. So I have to go where my shame lives, clean it up, apply the steps, Take it one day at a time with as much love and care as I can as I go along, but not delude myself in any way, shape, or form that I am not Bill, because I am. And um, I don't ever want to go back to that bit of morass ever again. I'm so happy to study this with everyone and constantly remind myself, because God knows if I don't, I will forget, and I'll do it again. And life is too good
0: to do that. So with that, I pass. Thanks, Cheryl. You know, I want to make sure that I didn't hear also a Carol. Was there a Carol as well? Carol Merrill? Cheryl? Okay. Oh. Maybe not. Maybe it would.
8: Could Could you tell me the page and paragraph we're on, please?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the uh, we're on page seven, the fourth paragraph. They do not need. Okay, so since there's, uh, my pleasure, since there's no Carol, uh, next up is Linda, followed by Tina, center fielder, Linda D.
9: Good morning, Larry. Hi, everybody. It's Linda D. from Central Connecticut. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, I can hear you.
9: Oh, good, because my phone is messed up. Um, I can identify with Bill. Um, It depends, I think, to my opinion, on when you come into OA and what it's like where you are. I came in in 1982, and OA had pretty much disappeared around here. It was a miracle, literally, that I found it. And uh, we were taught the big book right away, and then that disappeared shortly thereafter. Fortunately, I had hit a bottom so fierce. So like Bill, I know what an asylum is like. Uh Uh-huh. They lock you up. And sometimes you get drugs that have nothing to do with being a food addict. And they mean well. And they're doing the best they can. It depends on the era. And um, fast forward, um, I was given a magnificent white light experience with God, which was mind blowing to me because I didn't know there was one. But I had to do something to sustain that. Even if I'm given that kind of an experience, I have to do the 12 steps, live the 12 steps as if my hair is on fire, no matter what, because it is on fire. This is no country club disease, this is no lightweight. Uh, contender. This is the the complete eradication of everything. It happened to me, and I'm not the same after years and years in recovery, and a lot of it, um, all of it, in concert with you, and a lot of it came with the information that's available today in a meeting like vision for you I love you people I love everybody anyway but I love visions because that's information that wasn't even available about how to look at ingredients and so forth and um, people didn't know to say things like being shame based and look at that that's what needs to be looked at this is a wonderful way of life through rough times through great times there is a joy of living there is a magnificent God which for me as an atheist, wow, at that time, I I I just couldn't find it. And the steps gave it to me, gave God to me, however you conceive of God. So I am very grateful. Hang in there, because if it's not tough enough, and you are one of us and you do nothing about it, it will get ugly. I'm sorry to say it, but it's true. Stick around, this stuff works. Very
0: grateful. I pass. Thanks, Linda. Okay, next up, we'll go down to Tina in Florida, and then we'll, we'll, we'll go visit Irene in Louisiana. Hey, Tina, good morning.
10: Good morning, Larry. Thanks for your service. Tina has recovered compulsive eater anorexic in Florida. And, you know, every time I read these several paragraphs in a row here, I get really struck by you know, the gratitude for today and I get very emotional because, um, you know, one day at a time I don't have to live that that way that I did when I came here. And, you know, I I also have to reference the previous paragraph where it says, you know, we we would soon have to give me over to the undertaker to the asylum. And, you know, and I welcomed the idea for sure. You know, it says they didn't have to tell me I welcomed the idea because I wanted, you know, my diagnosis to be that I was insane. You know, because I couldn't come up with any other idea, because I thought somehow, some way, someday that I could control this food thing. So certainly, I was just crazy, you know. And I had a, a trip into the uh, into the uh, I don't know medical ward, psychiatric ward, and and you know, after a couple days there, I knew that's not where I belonged, you know. And uh, you know, and by God's grace, you know, I had the opportunity to um, be shown a way to live free you know but first i had to do all this stuff you know it was a devastating blow to my pride for sure because i really prided myself on my intellect and what i thought i knew and how much i knew and what i could do and all that other stuff and um you know and i was also the one you know i love the shares you know i just so related to everybody that shared this morning you know and I, i'm i'm, I'm a, a head shaker for sure up and down yep 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 i belong i'm i'm in the right place you know i'm certainly in the right place with the endless procession of thoughts who had gone on before me you know because i i would really pr- have preferred to die i, I can remember praying at night to not wake up in the morning because i knew that somehow if i had to live this way for the rest of my life How sad it was, you know, and how horrible life would be, you know. And and then God, you know, did for me what I could not do for myself. And, um, you know, He put people in my life that showed me that I did not have to live this way. You know, I was—I'm one of those ones that came in. You know, I I was sober in Alcoholics Anonymous seven years. Um, You know, initially I got. You know, I came to OA and AA at the same time. But I I stayed stayed sober for seven years. And I was dying in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous in my food addiction. You know, I loved someone shared, you know, I was either going to be, you know, 500 pounds or 80. That's my story, too. And the last time I came in, I was 94 pounds and I couldn't think. And that was God doing for me what I could not do for myself. Because if I could have thought another thought, I would have tried to think another way. But I couldn't. So all I could do was what people told me to do and to follow the instructions in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and to continue one day at a time to put put, put the food down and trust in a God and a power greater than myself and have a transformation. And, um, you know, I'm so grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thanks, Tina. Okay, next up, Irene, followed by Pauline. Hey, Irene, good morning.
11: Hi, Larry. This is Irene B. from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Thank you so much for your service. Um, this paragraph. God, it is so packed um, <clears throat> it, it's got so much in it uh, I see here a very 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 low bottom and um, I'll just say that my bottom was every bit as low as bills uh, and, and, and I'll leave it at that very very low bottom and what I see here is that once you're once I was in that bottom, there is so much regret, fear, hopelessness, despair. And I also see in this paragraph the delusion, I, who had thought so well of myself and my ability. Yeah, I was the shaker and the maker. I had it all together. And people told me that bulimia kills and I didn't believe it because I was young, and, and, and my body was just so resilient. And now that I'm in my old age, I see the harm that the bulimia did for me, or to me rather. And um, the, you know, I thought of my poor wife. Finally, you, you, you know, I, I was able to see the harm that I had done to myself and to so many other people. And, yeah, and at the same time, you know, when I was in my bulimia, I blamed my dad for everything. Everything was his fault. I was blameless, and everything was his fault for me. And, And now that my dad is gone, it's like, what would I give to make amends? What would I give to undo some of the terrible things I said to him, some of the terrible things I did, the things I put them through? It's like, gosh, no, I don't want to be that person. That's not who I was meant to be. But I don't know how to be the person I was meant to be. And I'm here to take responsibility, so I'll just say that I didn't know how. But this book is teaching me how to be a human being. This book is teaching me how to love. Yes. This book is teaching me how to be compassionate. And something that my dad taught me is, like, you have to put yourself in the other person's shoes. But, of course, I didn't get it. But somehow this book has brought that up to life for me, that if I can go through life putting myself in other people's shoes or trying to, trying to see things from their point of view, then all of a sudden, I'm not such a victim anymore. I'm not a victim. I'm a beautiful creation of God, beautiful, unbelievable amazing creation of God and I would like to honor him in acting in that manner and with that I had before that I say I have this book to say to show me how to do that because that's what I tried to do all of my life and I couldn't I failed time and again I didn't know how thank God for Bill who wrote this book with the instructions
0: and I passed. Thank you Irene Okay, next up is Pauline, followed by Martha. Pauline, good morning. Yes, this is
12: Pauline T., compulsive over Edith from New York. And um, I had a high bottom. And I did not have to go to the extreme bottom that Bill went to. And that was 47 years ago when I came in. I... Um, Going out, having relapses over the past three years, my bottom has dropped, and I have felt those things. I do not want to go down any further. I abstain from giving up. I came into this program approximately four months ago, and I had a lot to learn because this program is is run differently. People think differently. Um, I appreciate all the people who have reached out to me. Some of them I pushed away at times I felt like I want to withdraw, but like Bill, I just never gave up. He had no nothing to give up to except total insanity or death. So I'm just grateful that my choice today is between fear and love. I choose to love myself, to love and bless my food. And to all those people in my life and to the way that God uh, leads me, I'm very grateful for that. So thank you for listening to me this morning, and I will pass.
0: Thank you, Pauline. Okay, next up we have Martha, followed by uh, Phil. Martha, good morning.
13: Good morning. This is Martha, Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater and Bulimic in Vancouver, Canada, Thank you for your cheery voice, and thank you everyone doing service and making this meeting possible today. Um, yeah, my heart was pounding when I was reading this. It's uh, just that feeling of utter and complete hopelessness, and I just identify with that so much. Um, I'm just uh, a few months back, 109 days back from the worst relapse I've ever had in this disease, and I, I just, um, you know, I was reading when he said I'm almost, I and I almost welcome, I knew and almost welcomed the idea of, of the undertaker, or the asylum. You know, I I felt that way. I remember waking up and just wishing I hadn't woken up. I didn't really specifically want to kill myself every day, but I, the thought of death seemed welcome because I couldn't keep living the way I was living, and I couldn't stop doing the things that were just destroying my soul and my life and separating me from everyone I loved. And oh, I I love also love the language around. I was cornered at last. Um, I felt my. I always call my disease, or now I do, now that I have properly found recovery. Um, it's waking the beast, and when the beast is awake, I I have no idea how to how to <laughs> put the beast back down. You know, it's that I, I was cornered, um, and my pride. I, I did have a lot of pride. I'd overcome so many things in my life, but that had no effect whatsoever on this disease. Um, I love that language about plunging into the darkness and his, um, I felt like crying when the, when he, he said, I thought of my poor wife, there had been much happiness. You know, I'm not married, but I have a family that I love um, friends that I love. And I kept in, in, in the middle of this relapse, you know, after like, hours of throwing up and just shaking and feeling absolutely sick and horrible and knowing that I I had no way to not keep doing it. I would read these old journals, even from journals from like six months ago when I was um, free of my disease or thought I was, um, just the, the, the happiness that I had and the love that I had and that feeling that I couldn't get it back. I just kept thinking, how do I get that feeling back? And I'm just, um, you know, it's always darkest before the dawn, as we will see with Bill's story. And that that has been the case for me, too. And I just, today, I feel blessed beyond measure. It's actually, you know, whatever, 4.30 in the morning out here on the Pacific Coast. And I am wide awake because I get so excited about my days. I'm so excited for this recovered life. I don't want to miss a second of it. And I want to share it with anyone who is suffering. Please reach out to me. I'm on the phone list. Um I, I want everyone to have this joy and with that I will pass.
3: Thank you.
0: Thank you, Marta. Okay, next up
3: we have uh Phil. Good morning, Phil. How are you? Good morning, Larry. I'm fine. Thank you very much. And thank you
5: for your lovely energy and for everyone who's here um making the meeting happen. Um I just realizing, you know, that, that Bill at this point is in the hospital and uh, I got a memory today of of a stupid occurrence where I put myself in the hospital overeating. After work I worked in a very nice food hall, uh, Marks and Spencers, and there was no one in the canteen which was a very unusual uh, occurrence. So I thought would be yeah I'll have three lovely desserts which is what I always wanted to have but couldn't do because there were always witnesses. So I got stuck into this and my higher power was not whispering to me, my higher power was shouting, don't do this. But I swiped it away, I had no choice, I needed to have these, this is what I wanted, I was gonna do it. So anyway, that took up time. And in my confusion and panic, I was heading towards a, a mindfulness group of all things. I parked in the wrong place in town and I was rushing to get to the mindfulness group and I fell over what we call a sleeping policeman. A ramp and I cracked open my skull, uh, needed stitches and I broke my wrist. All this culminated in me uh, contacting my husband. He moved uh, into my house. We were separated at that point. It was a bad uh, relationship. It was crazy. Um, thankfully we managed to ext- extricate myself from that. However, that all meant that one of my daughters of two wouldn't speak to me for months and that was just just a mess you know and that was all over this disease of eating I couldn't stop eating. Now I used to work years ago um, with a a colleague who was a bright intelligent witty woman very large but I heard recently what happened to her. Um, She had fallen on ice outside her apartment couldn't get up She had to have an amputation as a result. Unfortunately, the wound didn't heal well because she had been in the cold for so long. There was another, at least one more amputation, if not more, after more falls. She had all that to endure before she died a year or two ago. And sometimes I think about it like how lonely, how painful physically, emotionally, spiritually, that must have been for her, you know? and i am so grateful to be one of the lucky ones because that could easily have been my path Um, and that's why i think our public information duties are so so important to carry the message so that people can find out that we are here you know and i'm very grateful for everyone here thank you so much god bless
0: thanks phil uh just to let you know where we're at Page seven, the fourth paragraph. Let's try something different. How about we just hear from people who have a desire to stop eating compulsively? (laughs) I guess that's everybody. Who would like to share? Hi, this is Kelly W. Kelly.
7: Kathleen W. A.
0: Kathleen. Narendi B. Cindy. Ramona A. Ramona, Narissa, Narissa. Let's try one more, perhaps. Let's see where we're at. Matthew B. And Matthew. Okay, Matthew B. Let's hold off there. Okay, so the lineup is uh, Kelly, Catherine, Cindy, Ramona, Narissa, Matthew B. Kelly. If you're not Kelly, would you please uh, mute your phone? Good morning, Kelly.
3: Kelly, press star
8: one. Hi, this is Kelly P, a compulsive overeater and far from being recovered. Um, This is my first meeting. And uh, my first meeting of vision for you. I've been trying to get, I've been trying for a long time and it hasn't happened. And I appreciate everybody's share. Um, This particular paragraph is just amazing. Um, because I thought that I hit my bottom, but I haven't, I just keep going down and down and down. And, you know, it's just one of those things where I don't think of anybody. I just think of myself, you know, Bill said he thought of his poor wife. I just think about myself. I don't care about anybody when I'm eating. I just want to, the food is my God. And, um. I, I didn't see the happiness between me and other relationships unless their food was involved. And, um, what would I not give to make amends? I didn't want to make amends to anybody. I mean, I thought that everything I was doing was 100% normal, um, because I hung around with people that did the exact same thing. And, um, so it's been really interesting to listen to people's shares about being recovered. I want that so desperately. And um, I appreciate the woman who suggested this meeting to me. Um, but I'm I'm just really, really grateful to be here. So I, with that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thanks, Kelly. My apologies that you got me as the moderator in your first meeting. Next up, we have Kathleen followed by
3: Cindy. Hey, Kathleen, good morning. Kathleen, press star one. Good morning, Larry. Can you hear me?
0: I can.
7: Hi, this is Kathleen W. from Illinois. Um, so appreciate this meeting this morning. Um, I can uh, I can really relate to it was a devastating blow to my pride. I had thought so well of myself and my abilities and my capacity to surmount obstacles and... I have been uh, 26 years in recovery, starting with, um, I I also initially came into AA and OA around the same time, uh, but I left OA after a little bit, uh, OA, and um, it wasn't, it was 15 years later that uh, my disease had progressed to the point where I thought I need to go and do something about this. I was just... Gaining weight very quickly, 15 years older. I couldn't. I couldn't control it. My my disease progressed to the point where I was not able to control it anymore. And, and in the past, I was able to. Um, and so I I too am a high bottom drunk in this way. And uh, I've had difficulty, um, you know, becoming you know having that gift of desperation. I, I haven't had that gift of desperation. Um, but it has kind of, really kind of developed slowly in me since 2010 when I started coming back uh, into OA. And uh, what really needed to be done for me was uh, my pride and my ego needed to be smashed. Uh, I could not do that as, as I was, uh, though I had, I, had, I had experienced some success with abstinence. Um, but I knew I did not get to that point Uh, Of being saying that I am recovered because I was still going back to this food a little bit and tasting this a little bit, and um, I felt that I was a hypocrite. I I felt that um, because I knew I wasn't entirely abstinent, Um, and but I didn't know how to get there. And so by some chance I I started listening to this vision for you. Someone had said in their share that they started listening, and I saw a change in that person, uh, knowing them for several years after they said they started listening to A Vision For You, and so I was just floundering in this program, really floundering and just leaning out of it, and I knew I was in a precarious place, and so I thought maybe I'll start listening, and I heard a clear trumpet call when I started listening. Uh, to a vision for you, it was not what I had been hearing in, in OA. Uh, and it was about entire abstinence. It was about being recovered and not just being just in recovery. Um, it was about having the obsession lifted. It was about becoming neutral towards food. None of those things that I had reached in the years since 2010 of being here. So I'm, I'm here and I've gotten a sponsor and I'm working and it's not easy. It's very difficult, but it is a new experience, and I, have, I started saying that set-aside prayer uh, that I first heard in vision, and I'll tell you, God answered it uh, in a way that I had not expected, and I am having a new experience, um, and it's not entirely pleasant, but I know I need to go through what I'm going through right now, uh, having my ego lowered and um, my consciousness of God hired, but... Anyhow, thank you so much and I'm gonna to continue to come.
0: Oh, we're glad. Okay. Thanks, Kathleen. Next next up is Cindy, followed by Ramona. Hey Cindy, good morning.
14: Good morning. This is Cindy and I'm from New Hampshire. And this is my very first phone conference call on a vision for you. I learned about uh the recorded podcast last week and um I listened to a few and was very pleased with it because Sometimes I can feel like I'm all alone and I get into that mindset of a victim where, you know, oh, I can't have this or that. But um I have I have to say that, you know, I heard someone else say that they they reached their bottom when they saw that it was affecting their mind, you know, affected my weight all these years and um I I really noticed the uh, effects on my mind. <laughs> if I eat sugar and flour and, uh, I know that I have to be totally abstinent. I cannot afford one bite. Um, and that's the mindset I have to keep, but I can't do that alone. Um, I've been in recovery in AA for a long time. And, um, anyways, I guess what I wanted to say is I really identify with this because I've tried everything out there, you know, and It's all me doing what I've tried, you know, different things. Um, But the solution has to be God. And I have to get to the place where when I want to eat something, I turn to God instead of turning to food. And um, beyond that, I heard someone mention a phone list. Is that phone list just for a vision for you? And how do you get that phone
0: list? Yeah, great great question, uh, Cindy. Hang tight after the end of this meeting, and they're going to give you specific details on how you do all that stuff. So i so glad you're here. Next up is Ramona, followed by Narissa. Ramona. Good morning. Good morning, everyone.
15: Um, thank you for those who make this, Friday, this Thursday meeting morning possible. And um, I'm Ramona A. I've recovered in Vermont. And the, the phrase that stood out to me and it seems like God shows me the phrases that you know they really pop up and say me who thought so well of myself and I did that was my survival mode I was the only fat kid in the family and the only fat kid in all my classes in grade school and the only way that I survived was with my intellect and I just thought okay. I'm so smart, you know these people aren't so smart and and that was putting people down through through satire or just knowledge or whatever that that was my motive that was you know operandi that was what I did, but it obviously didn't do anything for me because my disease progressed it progressed from you know the time before I went to school. Um, And it progressed by the time I was in college, you know, it was really going strong. So um, what I found out is that even after, after I got out of college, after I was doing other things in my life, it was still by my intellect, by my pride, I would say, oh, if I'd just known what... What I know now, I could have helped you with that, you know, I could have made you successful in that, you know, and what, what arrogance, I can't believe it, what arrogance there was in that, and it took me so long, even when I came into program, it, it still lasted, you know, oh, I can study program, I can know that, whatever, but with time, God is, has given me the gift of desiring humility. And and I say that is a gift. That is a gift because I was driving myself crazy with the other stuff and and not driving myself to recovery. And this is such a gift to, you know, to be down on this road to humility and to be recovered and to be growing in program. It really, really is something that is amazing to me, and I guess I'd recommend it for anyone, but um, for me, it is bringing me peace, it is making me more centered now, making me reliant on God, it's giving me friends and relationships that I know are not based on, I can do something for you, in my mind, but they're based on just... Uh, mutual caring, and and um, you know, and I, I guess
0: that's
15: you know, I guess that's the end of my story for now. But thank you for listening,
0: and I pass. Yeah, I like the story, Ramona. Thanks so much. Uh, next up, Narissa, followed by Matthew. Is it Narissa with an N or Marissa with like a, as in Tomei
16: Narissa with an N.
0: N. Oh, good morning.
16: Good morning. Uh, my name is I'm a compulsive overeater, and I joined this fellowship around the end of July. Um, I never thought that I really hit a bottom because I didn't feel like it was as destructive as it, as Bill's story. Um, but listening to others and reading in the Big Book with my sponsor, I can see now how I was at a bottom because I'm powerless over food, and my life has become unmanageable and the feeling of shame, guilt, remorse and um demoralization after eating compulsively um just you know rocked my world and just having that mental obsession with food is is uh, torture for me. And um luckily I, I got with a sponsor who works out of the big book and, you know, she keeps telling me, um, food is not the problem, food is the solution. Because I, you know, don't basically have a solution other than food for the way that I feel right now or for my thoughts and actions. And as I've been working the steps and um, practicing um, steps 10 and 11 and, you know, three i'm It's getting better but i'm I'm beating myself up because I don't have total abstinence yet like things are better. I'm seeing my part, I'm able to do a tenth step daily I'm able to do the eleven step daily I'm you know trying to help others. I'm doing all these things that I'm told that I should be doing um I'm just not there yet and With alcoholism, which I have, it was so black and white for me. You just stop. You just don't drink. And I need to get to the point where I just don't compulsively overeat. I'm trying to do that. Um, One thing I think that is lacking in my program right now is reaching out to others. Um, You know, I I don't have a lot of connections with people in the program. And I would like to get more phone numbers and call more people and have more people call me maybe um, getting outside of myself and being more connected, along with um, praying to my higher power even more, <laughs> uh, could help. Thanks for letting me share.
3: Oh
0: Glad you're here, Narissa.
3: Okay, Matthew B., it's your turn. Good morning.
17: Good morning, Larry. Okay, hi, everyone. I'm Matthew B., Grateful, Recovered, compulsive Overeater. The Endless Procession of Sots, I didn't even know what that was. I had to look it up, a habitual drunkard. And I thought of the allergy of the body and, and my pro- progression or procession or my disease, being a member of paint watchers and doctor napkins and the re diet, juicing, my doctor prescribed shakes, my bars, my nutritionist, even surgery, none of this worked. Uh, weight loss programs on TV used to be only in January and now they're all year round. Uh, And all the sats are watching. Then there's the twist of the mind, my poor wife dealing with my control issues. I didn't know it then, but my fears translated into trying to be the master of my world and having everyone in the world bow to my will. I did not know these two issues were even related. I didn't know one solution would help me with both. When I plunged into the darkness and separated from my wife, I ended up on my knees praying and begging for guidance. I had no capacity to surmount these obstacles. The progression of this disease was bigger than me. I told my therapist I think I have to deal with my addiction. Not my words, but put in my mouth by my higher power. She sent me to OA without hesitation. I thought OA brought me to a higher power. Today I know and thank my God that my higher power brought me to OA. Today, I joyfully surrender and trudge the happy road of destiny, working these steps to live freely, giving my higher power all of my struggles and thanking every day my higher power for bringing me each day and bringing me back to my life. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks,
0: Matthew. Does anyone want two minutes? Two minutes. Two minutes.
3: I'll well, that in. Uh, you know what? I heard Russ. Hey, Russ, take us out with two minutes there, buddy. Hey, Russ, press
18: star, uh, star one. All right. And now I got a minute and 40 seconds. Okay. (laughs) Lost seven recovery, compulsive overeater. Thanks, Larry. Uh, Thanks, family. Killing that, uh, endless procession of thoughts. Man, I was so hopeless, when I came to the doors of OA, I had lost everything. The only thing I didn't lose was my family. But that hopelessness put me into submission with no other options. So it's a great thing. It's, you know, we all identify with Bill because this is the tipping point. This, this, is, this is where we get better. This is where we get better. We have to get to this point. We have to be crushed. And I sure was crushed and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. My whole life I dealt with this obsession since I'm about seven years old. I'm forty eight now. And uh I desired to be crushed because then I, I I I could uh surrender to God and and now things are taken care of as long as I'm working this program, giving it away. And uh so those who just got on the line just coming to the meeting. There's hope. Hang on. Buckle up. Do the work. And uh you will live that life that you never thought you could. And it ain't gonna be perfect, but man, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty damn good. So love you. Have a beautiful day. Thanks a lot.
0: Uh thanks Russ for taking us out there. And, and other than Harlan G., I want to thank everyone who has uh, come to the meeting um, uh, this morning. <laughs> Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Let me give you the share ID for today. I'm going to give it to the geese, too, that are flying overhead. Uh, that share ID is 15,428. That's 15428. We're now going to close with the reading from the big book on page 164. We're going to follow it up with a serenity prayer. Would, uh, Irene, would you be happy to, to read this for us? Well, you don't have to be happy, but let's read it.
2: <laughs>
0: Good morning. Oh,
11: Good morning, Larry. This is Irene day gratefully recovered bulimic from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly describe until then.